Welcome to the 67th episode of Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by sports columnists Scott Osler and Ann Killian. Scott and Ann have been with me in Portland for games three and four of the Western Conference Finals. After the Warriors game four win over the Trailblazers, Scott and Ann sat down with me to recap the victory Monday night, look ahead to a nine-day hiatus before the NBA Finals, and analyze what has powered Draymond Green in these playoffs. We'll have our conversation right after the break. Around 11 p.m. Monday, Scott Osler and Ann Killian sat down with me in the Moda Center's lower bowl to break down the Warriors' Game 4 win over the Blazers and look ahead to the NBA Finals. So here we are, Warriors swept the Portland Trail Blazers in a series that was a lot more competitive than a sweep would indicate. Um, the Warriors won tonight 119-117 in overtime, came back from a 17-point third-quarter deficit. That's the third straight game that they've come back from a deficit of at least 17 points. Just what's your big takeaway from this overall series? What's your, when you look back on this series in a couple of years, what, what, what's going to be the first thing you think about? Uh, I'm going to think about the fact that they did this without Kevin Durant. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, at the end of the Houston series, it was doom. It was gloom. It was what are they going to do? And, yeah, we thought maybe Portland would be not the strongest opponent, but I didn't think they were going to sweep them. I didn't think they were going to play the way they played, dig themselves in a hole and keep coming back and coming out of it. I mean, it has been um, – it was, it was, it's pretty remarkable. And the Warriors are in their fifth straight NBA Finals – we are so used to them being great, but it's that's amazing. You know, I, I go back, as we, we keep talking about, I go back to the old Showtime Lakers. I covered those guys and all that stuff. And they didn't make it to the finals five times in a row. That's ridiculous. It's, it's insane. It'll never happen again. So if we can't appreciate it now, or if, if fans can't appreciate it now, then they're idiots. But this is crazy stuff. Uh, and it was a four-game series, but every night was a was a slugout man you can't i'm thinking kerr's got to be saying how do we avoid this getting in a 17 point hole in the third quarter every game it's not a way to do business but uh it makes it exciting it's more fun to watch right right and the reality is they're not they're not going to be able to do that against either milwaukee or toronto um but the portland you know you give them credit they made their first conference finals in 19 years uh, I felt like they actually got better as the series went on, even though they had a re- pretty solid game too. Um, but they're just not near the caliber of those two other teams. And we don't know, obviously, who the Warriors are going to face. I don't want to analyze too much about the finals right now. We have nine days to do that. The Warriors are actually taking two days off because th- this break is so long that they're just taking two days off. Selfishly, I'm stoked about that because, as you know, I'm from Portland. <laughs> Um, so that means I get to stay at home, hang out with the fam a little bit for, for another day or two, and uh, and write remotely. I will still be writing. You know, the job does not stop, right? Yeah. But um, now, are the are the Warriors going to have after taking two days off? They'll have to have a new training camp, right? They'll have to start all over. <laughs> I mean, it's a little rusty. That's what we talked about in the last pod. Is is nine days a good or bad thing? I I, I honestly don't know. I think ideally you'd have what four or five for well, something like that. But but. Let's let's look at. I mean, I, I I've used this term before, but I said it again tonight. This is a game of Jenga, 
right? Like, how many pieces can you pull out of yeah. the starting, not the right. starting lineup, but the the lineup, and without it collapsing? So they pulled out Boogie er, early in the uh, playoffs. Then you know they pulled out the best player in the NBA and Kevin Durant, and then they pulled out maybe their one of their most important players in Andre Iguodala for tonight's game, and it's like it, they still won. So I think I think the nine days, if if it was a regular nine you know regular thing, you would go nine days. That's that might be too long. I think for this team, it's like maybe they all get back and healthy. But then, are they? How are they going to find their chemistry again? Because the chemistry we've seen with this team, with Draymond and Steph leading things, with the bench coming through, it's been so different than it was when KD was doing all the heavy lifting and and you know they were waiting for him to win the game for them. I mean, it was it's very different now. There's Ann stirring the pot again. Are the Warriors better without KD? You know, creating that, creating controversy where none it's, need to it, it's a legitimate question though. Yes. It is a legitimate question. I know everyone a lot of people when they hear that question they bristle and they say, That's so dumb. Don't you understand basketball? He's one he's he's the best player in the world. Of course they're better with him. No, I'm asking that question because I do understand basketball. And I understand that there is such a thing as having too much talent on the floor and and the Warriors run their system better without Kevin Durant. That's a that's a fact. So it is a legitimate question. I'm not saying they are better. I'm just saying it's it's a fair question to ask. Oh, uh, no question. This is going to be the whole narrative going <laughs> as they tear apart Motor Center here, but as we sit here. But there's, there's no question this is going to be the whole narrative going into the finals. Are they going to get Kevin Durant back? Are they going to be better without him? What if they get Kevin Durant back and they lose the first game in the finals? Then it's like, oh, my God. They should have. Kevin Durant is hyper aware of that reality. Right. Yeah. He, oh, he, he's been all over social media today about that. He's. I mean, please, Kevin Durant, put down your phone. I hope you're not listening to our podcast. I hope you're not tweeting. I mean, it's just like he is so hyper aware that this is happening without him, and I'm sure he's psyched because I mean, no matter what all the media says. This team, they love each other. They are, they are a band of brothers. They've been through the wars together. But at the same time, um, he's so aware that, you know, it's some, in some way his legacy is at stake here. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it, – and, and people don't really want to talk about it, but it is a big factor right now. The chemistry, the – the just the vibe the the energy this team has picking up the slack they knew they had to have energy to do that but i also think there's like a challenge that they're really embracing to do it and i i mean it, it's it's a fascinating little sub subplot of this run yeah yeah it's actually a really fascinating drama this whole thing i, I don't remember a finals like this where where one team is coming in without their best player, or maybe the best player is coming back, and people are saying, are they better without him or with not? This is phenomenal drama. So from a standpoint of a writer, as we are, it's, it's, it's great stuff, man. It's great theater, so, so bring it on. It might, might not be the ideal thing for Kevin Durant or for the Warriors, but for us, it's great. And for the fans, I think it's great. 
By the way, um, the entire arena is being taken down around us. In case you wonder why, we we hope you appreciate the the ambiance, the what's it called in in video terminology, the uh, the B roll, the B roll <laughs> sound. sound. Uh, if we were at Oracle, we could we we know all the secret rooms that we can go go record in, but we're in some random arena in Portland, Oregon, so we're not aware of those rooms. Those are the the uh, Trailblazers' dreams crashing into the ground that you hear in the background. Just slowly dis- getting dismantled one by one, piece by piece. Um, I do kind of, you know, I I do kind of feel for Portland. Um, there's, it, when you make the conference finals for the first team in ni- first time in 19 years, I was actually having this conversation with my dad yesterday because my dad's a hardcore Blazers fan. And I said, Dad, you know, it's great that you guys made the – the conference finals for the first time since 2000 but don't you think it leaves a sting if if you get swept you know isn't that kind of like yeah we we made the conference finals but we couldn't even win a game like that has to kind of weigh on you my dad said honestly connor in the annals of history 10 15 years from now no one's gonna remember the fact that we got swept people here are gonna remember that we made the conference finals because they were not expected to it'd be different if you know they were the best team in the NBA, and they lost. They they gave up a 15 point fourth quarter lead like they did in 2000. And you remember that Jail Blazers team? It was it was yeah. the best team in the league with Rasheed Wallace and uh, Damon Stoudemire and uh, Brian Grant and all those guys. That was the best team in the league, best record in the league, and it, and it kills people to this day. But I don't think that number 15, like every Blazers fan knows what 15 means. It means the 15-point deficit that they squandered in the fourth quarter, Game 7 of 2000's West Finals. People are not going to remember 17, you know, late in the third quarter, Game 4, West Finals 2019. They're not going to remember it in the same way. And it's too bad because that team, as we look back on it, Rasheed Wallace and those guys, to the outside world, not really likable. These guys... The current Blazers team really like Damian Lillard. Who doesn't like him? You know, he's one of the great guys. She's Oakland CJ, we'll call him. Uh, yeah, it, it just seems like a very likable bunch of guys. That uh, and it was a very gentlemanly series. You know, it was hard right. fought and a real battle and everything. But but there was a you know it wasn't like let's knock this guy down and break his teeth and all this stuff kind of stuff from what i know about this blazers team they're kind of like a college team in that they genuinely all hang out with each other and they all like each other and they all go to movies together and bars together and they hang out like all their girlfriends know each other and that sounds like the warriors (laughs) i I would not to that extent oh the early warriors the the, early warriors the the pre-connor laterno warriors yes (laughs) That is the way they were. Not, not this current. If you're, starting, if you're starting a team and you just want to build chemistry and everything, you could do a lot worse than, than Damian Lillard. The guy is a stupendous guy. Everybody loves him. He's a phenomenal player, great leader. So, you know, seeing him go down 40 games, it was kind of sad from from my standpoint. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no. But, but he was playing with separated ribs. He actually had a pretty good game tonight. And he had a good game tonight. Um, I know it's going to sting him because he actually responded to my question in Oakland I, when I asked him if it was the last time he would be at Oracle, which is obviously where the arena he grew up going to, and right by his grandma's house, if he, if you know, that was the last time. And he was like, no, we'll be back here. So it's got to sting. You know, it's got to sting for him. 
because he'll never play a game there again. Super vet move by Ann asking that question, by the way, because <laughs> that's one of those you learn as a journalist. Super vet, that's good. That you, 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 you learn as a journalist that sometimes you got to ask the obvious, innocuous question to get the best response, and uh, you, that was a good example of that. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel bad for Damien, but, but I think, and you wrote about this, Connor, the, the workload that <clears throat> their team had as opposed to, you know, I mean, it's so funny. Warriors fans would go insane if Steph, like, sat too long in game, like, 60, you know, of the yeah. regular season. And, like, Steve Kerr's an idiot. What's he doing? Well, I think we're seeing that Steve Kerr is not an idiot. And when he sits, even if it means that they might lose a game, when he sits guys and rests them, like, this is what's happening. This is what it's all for. And the way the way Dray- Draymond has been a complete revelation because at, in the last two games, at the end of games, when the other team in Portland has been so gassed, Draymond looks like he could play another full game. He is out of his mind with energy, and it's just – like, how does he do that? You know, I mean... By losing 30 pounds in six weeks. What? 23 pounds. <laughs> 23 is this 23? 23, 23, no, number up. 23. If he was Steph, he would have lost 30 because number 30. Right, is, right. Now, you could, you, you could criticize Draymond for that, saying, you know, the regular season, you're just blowing it off. You're coming in fat and just kind of going through the, the, the motions and stuff in the regular season, and then you'd step it up in the playoffs. But I don't know. But there's, team, no, there's no better indicator of Draymond Green's mentality than his weight <laughs> um, yeah. because he he's just the type of guy who needs stakes to be at his best and when it, once he saw the the light you know at the end of the tunnel he said you know what all right it's, it's playoff time and he he ramped into high gear and we're you know I always find myself underestimating him every single year because I don't I don't know I'm just an idiot and I forget what I saw the previous year but I, I was judging him off of his regular season performance and thinking, you know what, he was not that great, blah, blah, blah. And then here we are, and I'm reminded, you know what, screw the fact that he might not even be in the league when he's 35. He, he deserves a max because if he plays like this in the playoffs, that's what matters. Well, and also, I mean, he, he is absolutely the – you can, like, he hears all that. He hears the fans saying – Oh, you know, keep Durant, trade Draymond. He, you know, he's going to wear down. He's going to break down. And he's the, I mean, if you had to give a postseason MVP right now, sorry, Kawhi, sorry, Giannis, but I'd give it to Draymond. It has to be Draymond. Because he is playing out of his mind. And he just, like, like you said, like you, he, he knows when it's go time. And he's, I mean, it's, there's, I've never seen actually anything quite like it where it can just be that much energy just filling in that gap that is left behind by Kevin Durant's absence. It, it, it almost defies the laws of physics and biology. Yeah, it it's does. like Yeah, it does. And, and, you know, the talk has been, okay, Draymond, maybe next season, maybe they'll trade him because he's going into his, his walkaway year and ah. they won't be able to, to meet his demands and everything. Now... If you're Joe Lakeup, don't you just have to say, whatever the max is, i got to sign him up for the max. There, there was a question about that before, but I think this series has changed that narrative. 
I mean, in the Warriors situation, Joe Lacob's always said he'll pay whatever he needs to pay. And the reality is they can pay whatever they need to pay because he because, you know, they have his bird rights and, uh, you know, the way the salary cap works, they can go as deep into the luxury decks as humanly possible. And they're worth so much money, especially when they move to the Chase Center. Chase Center. Is it really going to make or break them paying Draymond's salary? No, it's not. So if if it's really not a deal breaker in that respect, why not do it? I mean, even if, even if he's not useful at 35 or whatever it is, are you going to regret? Are you going to regret it if he helps you win at least two more championships? No, that's the thing. Uh, you know, you, like the San Francisco Giants, they sign guys when they're old because they did a good job, and they it's a memory thing and all that stuff. And that could turn out to be the thing with Draymond. Maybe in three years from now, he'll be slowing down, he'll be beaten down, and he won't be the same old Draymond. But whatever you pay him now, if he never does another thing, yeah, he's worth every penny of it, right? Yeah. Five years in the finals, three championships out of four years, and maybe a, a, a fifth, a fourth out of five. It's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you, as they say, pay the man. I, I also think that I mean I I I think he's so smart as a player that even at 35, I mean yeah maybe his body's gonna break ta- down, but I think he still would be valuable. I mean like you want that guy in your organization. Talking to the, I mean, because we've already seen the evolution of Draymond, which I've written about, as Scott would say, like I, I, I keep writing about it. Yeah, but, your last two columns. Yeah, but but so he he's evolving, he's growing up and maturing, and he's also like, like his basketball smarts are someone you want to have on the bench in the organization. Like you don't want to lose that because he's a rare guy. I mean, he is. And he's so smart. He's he's funny. He has a way of um, irritating everyone, but also energizing them and also bonding them. Like like it's he's a he's really unique, really special. And I I think for even not only the tangible what he does on the court, but the intangible. Shit, I'm giving him a max contract today. <laughs> Remember that point in that late in the regular season where where. Steve Kerr was on the sidelines, and he was, you could lip read him saying, I'm tired of Draymond's Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, BS and stuff, X-rated. And well, so was Draymond, apparently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's true, but the fact that coaches can work through this, that they overlook this stuff, they can see a guy like Kerr, and, and the previous coach, Mark Jackson, to extent, too, all. But, but Steve Kerr can see that, okay, this guy's in some ways a pain in the butt. He's a, a loose cannon. He makes people mad. He screwed up with Kevin Durant on the sidelines and maybe cost us Kevin Durant for the future and stuff. But this guy, there's a brilliance there that can't be denied, and you can't control him, but just to, he's got to be your guy. He's got to be your guy. And also, I, I wrote about this for... Uh today's paper, Monday's paper, but like the fact that he has called his own behavior disgusting, um, the fact that he brought up what Kevin said to him last November when, when Kevin said, you know, I call BS on you saying, oh, it's I'm just emotional. It was the first time I'd ever seen him go out of his way to bring that up. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. he will, he... Like what? What other star player 
would call their own behavior disgusting, would would bring up an incident that has lingered over this team for the the whole season has been a controversial thing. Like he, he like he holds himself accountable yeah. in a way that a lot of star players don't. And I don't I don't know. I just I think he's a really interesting and healthy person to have involved. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, yeah. this is kind of like when the Red Keep was going down in Game of Thrones because I think the whole building's about <laughs> to fall. I was to get our Game of Thrones reference in here. But, yeah, with Draymond, it's... He, a lot of people think of him as this massive yeah. ego, and he is, you know? He's full of himself. And, I mean, everyone. And in some ways, he's so immature, and he's... Oh, and I, I'm Draymond, and I can do whatever I want because I'm emotional, I'm a leader. But what he's shown now is... Not only he, he he can back that up, but that he's smart enough and intelligent enough to reevaluate himself and his whole persona and everything. And that's that's huge. I think that's way understated and covered in her column. That was a massive thing for Draymond just how many players do that? How many players say, you know, I've been a jerk, I've been an idiot. I, in the middle of the conference finals. That's crazy. Yeah, one one of the, my favorite things about covering a beat and being around every day and just you know being on the ground on the road and all that is just seeing the progression and the journey of up close because I think a lot of fans they judge things in the moment they judge things based off the sound bite and the Twitter the tweet you know but the reality is so much has evolved and changed over the course of the season it's it's fun seeing you know the maturation of someone like Draymond just in the course of one season um and how much like when I think back on his season he's had so many intense ups and downs and here he is entering the NBA finals at his best I think both mentally and physically and you know I saw his mom there tonight I saw his fiance I saw his I saw his kids, you know, so, it, and you could tell, like, this is what it's all about. And by the way, I just want to say, if the Trailblazers had the same chemistry and precision as the team that's dismantling the arena right now, they would have swept the Warriors for it all. Yeah, yeah. And on that note, I, we apologize for what we know is the crazy ambient noise. <laughs> ambient noise or B-roll, as I like to call it. Uh, but you know, this is this is the sacrifice that we make to try to provide you a scene. You know, it's it's our it's our way of scene setting. So uh, I hope you appreciate it. I want to thank Scott Osler and Ann Killian for joining me on the podcast. It's always fun chatting Warriors with them. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor in chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and email me at cleturno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.